You're listening to the Naptime Empires podcast with my mom, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Mom, your show's on. Thanks, bud. I got it from here. Welcome to the Naptime Empires podcast, refreshingly honest conversations on the realities of parenthood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Let's get started. Episode 10. What, what? I'm pretty sure I heard from John Lee Dumas that most podcasts don't make it past their 10th episode. So let's just take a moment and celebrate this journey together. We are just getting warmed up and you're going to love this conversation today. I know I say that every time, but I always mean it. This one, just a heads up, we're talking with Denise Steffield Thomas, the queen, lucky bee. I-T-C-H, like that's the name of her business, not spelling it, saying it. So we will have the B word in this show. If you have little ears around, put the earbuds in or save this one for later. It's not like we say it all lot, but yeah, it's there. So let me go through the bio and then tell you what to expect. It's just so good. Denise Steffel Thomas is the money mindset mentor for the new wave of online female entrepreneurs. Her best-selling books, Lucky B-I-T-C-H and Get Rich Lucky B-I-T-C-H, give a fresh, funny roadmap to create an outrageously successful life in business. Denise helps women release their fear of money, set premium prices for their services, and take back control of their finances. She's an award-winning speaker, author, and entrepreneur who helps women transform their economy class money mindsets into a first-class life. She's also the mom of two at the moment, and I just have so much respect for how she does business. My first foray into Denise's work was reading her book, Get Rich Lucky Bee, back in 2013, at the end of 2013, and it legit totally changed the way that I view money and all of my stories around it. Like At the time, I heard her talking about money blocks and abundance, and all these were kind of like fuzzy, ambiguous terms to me. I knew about writer's block, but I didn't know money blocks were actually a thing. And that saying, it's only woo till you understand it, always kept coming to mind. And then when I actually read her book, I just thought it was so refreshing because she doesn't take herself too seriously, her methodology of just like throw everything at it. She's like, I don't know if this works, but I'm going to try it. Might as well throw everything at it. And she is. She's just super refreshing, practical, and matter of fact, and fun, and funny. And that's why I love to learn from and with her. So read her book, join her money boot camp, highly recommend it. And I'll put a link for you in the show notes at naptimeempires.com slash zero one zero. I've gotten to know her through various groups and interviews and promotions that we've done together. And we'll be meeting in real life, get this, and of all places, at Necker Island later this year. Talk about Lucky Bee. All right, I don't want to keep you waiting one more second, so let me tell you what's going on in this conversation. We talk about how prepping for her first child inspired her to step up as the real CEO of her business, permission to be the kind of mom or mom, she's Australian, (laughs) that you are, the power of simplifying in your business and life, managing boundaries as the leader of a thriving online community, tips for talking to your kids about money, And this was super, super juicy conversation on how she and her husband have made the transition from him working outside of the home to now working with her in her business. Let's get to it. All right, Denise, it's official. Let's talk Naptime Empires. I'm so excited to have you on. 
Thank you so much for having me. As soon as I heard the name of this, I was like, yes, yes. that's so true. Yes, me too. Even though I still, you know, I'm like, okay, well now at least it's a podcast, but everyone's like, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I'm like, so cool. What is it? I don't know. Do you know? You tell me. So, but I'm excited to have this conversation with you. And before we kick it off, I would love for you to just, you know, give us the scoop on Team DT and kind of how business and babies, the timeline over there and what's the setup and the frame of reference for this conversation? Sure. So, I mean, I've dabbled in being an entrepreneur pretty much my whole life, but I spent my twenties kind of jumping in and out of random businesses. So I probably didn't get started until maybe six years ago. So I've been doing six years full time. And so I started off, you know, married all the time in the world with no kid loans. <laughs> And did a couple of years in my business like that very inefficiently because as you know, having a kid suddenly makes you an efficient goddess. <laughs> my daughter is two and a half and I've got a five month old little baby. And yeah, so they've, they kind of slotted in when my business was, I wouldn't say like super, super efficient and streamlined and all that kind of stuff that all came after babies. Cause I was like, Oh, I need to actually step up and be a CEO now. Yes. And I remember because I've been connected with you online since before Miss Willow came onto the scene. And I remember seeing and hearing you, you're like, okay, I'm creating space for like, we know we're going to want to start our family and creating space for that. And I love that you just said, as you know, having kids makes you an efficient goddess. Cause I'm like, actually no. And this is why I really love to talk to you about this because for me, I'm like, I've had trouble focusing more since Deacon's been here, not to blame him for it. Cause he's actually a really chill dude. But like I still, even when I have time, like I have a hard time focusing cause there are so many things that I could potentially be doing. So I'd love to hear more about, I guess let's rewind and start back to making those preparations and stepping more into the CEO role. Like what did that actually look like and mean for you the first time around? And was it different the second time around? Well, actually it started off with, emotional and mental and mindset work for me. Mm -hmm. So I think probably even a year before we had the baby, like every time we'd go out for a milestone dinner, like anniversary, birthday, whatever, and we'd sit there with wine and Mark would kind of go, so like, are we ever going to have kids? And, you know, and that came up, kind of came up for a couple of years for us. And I was, I kept on just going, I don't want to ruin my fledgling business. That was the big mindset thing for me. I was like, mm -hmm. I can't do both. And because I didn't know anyone, I didn't have any role models back then. All I could see for people who had kids were people who were trying to start their business. And so I was seeing these people who were like, well, I don't really know anyone who's made it and who's successful with it, to be mm -hmm. honest. And so I had all these stories that I had to get through before we even started having kids. And that was with my kinesiologist, with anyone who would listen. I remember talking <laughs> and it was like my acupuncturist. I remember saying, I'm so scared about having babies. And he would have been like, and my Cairo, like I was just telling everyone about it. But then I was trying to just, and then people go, oh, well, have you heard of this person? She's got three kids and she's got a successful business. So I think just that talking and that mindset and talking about my fears really helped me to start to see other people and how they did it. And then people started popping out of the woodwork. Of course, as soon as you set an intention, you start to see examples of it everywhere. So, and then I'd be like, oh, so you have kids. Like, how do you make it work? Like people like Amber McHugh, I was just like, oh, yes, you have kids. Like, tell me how this works. And people just started saying, yeah, you just need to get organized with it. So I think that was the biggest thing. And then I remember at the time I had my assistant, Amber, who is still with me now. She was, I think she was working about five hours a week for me. And she started just like saying, hey, like 
some of my other clients have got kids, you know, here are some things I can do for you and here's some things I can take off your plate. And I was incredibly resistant to do that. Mm. And one of the things was my newsletter because it took me so much time every week to, you know, put everything in WordPress for the weekly blog and then put it in Infusionsoft and make it all happen. And Amber was saying for months as preparation for maternity leave, like I'm ready to take over that newsletter. And I still did it the week after Willow was born. I, I actually, I think I did it in the hospital <laughs> because I was so resistant to let that go, which was ridiculous now thinking about it. But also I just started letting her do more things in the inbox and do more kind of admin-y stuff that I'd been holding on to. And the other big change for me, I knew that I needed to put some of my courses on autopilot so, you know, just to really make things a bit more evergreen because mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh God, launches, you know, how can you do a launch when you've got a baby? Or yep. How can you create? And, and I think the other thing prep-wise was for me to say, you know what, you're going to have time over the next couple of years. Like this is a season. It's okay. You don't have to write every single book you're ever going to write in your career like this year. You're not going to miss out. And just kind of give myself reassurance that, you know, it's okay to not have to do everything right now. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that just to remember, this is a season, you know, and it's not always going to be like this where they are, you know, needing so much. And it is like one day they will be off to school, maybe depending on people's own scenario, you know, and then you'll be like, oh, okay, now I have all this time and space again. And I guess it's that. I can't it's imagine that, it. <laughs> I know, like, oh, it's that balance it's like too. Because we've talked about, and I remember when George was like brand spanking new and you posted that picture and you're like, you know, sometimes motherhood sucks. And then you had all these disclaimers too, because it's like, you know, by saying that, like there's, there are people, and I don't know that you've ever experienced miscarriage. I have a couple of times and I know like it can trigger so many people. And at the same time, it's important to be able to share your truth and to share your experiences. And it's not all rainbows and butterflies. There's a lot of poop, literal and figurative involved in this role that we chose to and are blessed to be able to fill. And so I love and appreciate that you share all sides of it too, because I do think that by just doing the darn thing, you're showing and we're showing people that it is possible, which ties back to what you were saying. You were just looking for stories and proof that it is possible and it's going to look different for everybody, but it is possible. So, and that's obviously really important just for everything in general and ties back to your work around money blocks and all of that. But one of the core issues and blocks that I think people do have in the naptime empire's season of life is this, I can't do both and I can't do them well. And I mean, you're proof that that doesn't have to be true. So what are some of the things that have really worked for you? Like once she got here, were you surprised by anything? Was it harder than you expected? Were you like eager to get back into work? I mean, you're happy to pass off the newsletter, but like, <laughs> how did it well, work? Even the way, even the night she was born was so indicative of where I was at in my life at that moment, because it was B-School promotion 2014. And I was teaming up with Laura Roder and she had organized for us to interview Marie. And so I was going to bed like midnight and 
I was really nervous about it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to set my alarm because the call's at seven o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I was nine months pregnant <laughs> and I went you know, like a week early. Right. So I was like, yeah, I can work right up to like to the end. What's the big deal? <laughs> and I went to bed and I was like, finally, like, okay, I've, like, I've got my questions sorted. I've got my office set up, like Mark has set up to text me. I was so nervous. And then I just heard this pop, my water broke. <gasps> and I was like, Mark, and he was like yes and I went no No, it's so not the right time this is so inconvenient so we went to the hospital and I was throughout the whole labor it was like six hour labor so it was pretty quick I kept on saying to the nurses do you like how long do you how much longer do you think this is going to take because I've got a really important call at seven (laughs) o'clock and they were just I think they just thought I was delirious I wasn't on any drugs or anything but it was the baby was theoretical to me like I knew I was pregnant and I knew I was going to have a baby, but it was totally theoretical. Whereas that call was real, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I had her at six thirty, and I was like, I wonder what the Wi-Fi is like in the hospital for like five minutes. Right. I, like five seconds. I went, oh, oh, I wonder if we've got good Wi-Fi here. I can jump in the call. No problem. <laughs> and it was so ridiculous. But then when George was born, like we were doing similar things. We were buying a house, right? Because why not just do everything at the same time when you're pregnant? Yeah, and the, um, <laughs> yeah, right. And the uh, the agent came over to sign the paperwork, and I was in labour. I hadn't told Mark, and, and I was like, "Yep, signing the paperwork." And oh my god, I just yeah, I was really. I mean, this time I'm going to take like a good three months off, and and I just I think you have to just give yourself permission. Like it's okay to be the kind of mum that you are. Like some yeah. people do want to take the time off, and it's totally fine. And some people just want to go straight back into it. And I'm kind of that second one where I was like, oh, well, okay, I've got another baby. Cool. But like, I really want to work on my book at the same time. Mm. And, you know, we've all got guilt, but it manifests in different ways, right? We're all thinking that what we're doing is not enough and wrong somehow, but you just kind of have to embrace it. <laughs> the kind of mom that you really are. And it could change. I don't know if it's different for you, but it could change baby to baby as well. Yeah, exactly. For me and I don't know. I know that when I look back at this year, currently as we're recording this, it's 2016 and it's been a weird year for me. Again, it's by having these conversations for the podcast, I've realized that it's kind of like I had a postpartum depression with my business. Like, mm-hmm. because to me, it was like a baby, I guess. And I've, I'm used to feeling like really fired up and attached to it. But once Deacon was here, like I had no issues bonding with him and he's been a really easygoing fella, but like, it was weird to me that I couldn't connect with my business. I couldn't get excited about it. I didn't want to look at it. Like I didn't want to be totally disconnected from the world, you know, like the online business world, but I I didn't feel connected to it anymore. And that's been kind of a weird discovery. So I know in retrospect, I'll look back and see this year in context and be like, Oh, right. Cause this is exactly what needed to happen. But yeah, you just can't predict. You can't predict. Even if you've been through it once with one little one joining the family, you just don't know how it's going to affect you with any subsequent little ones that join or whenever you take on a new project. But I do think that's such a key important point to just honor the kind of mom that you are. And seriously, I mean, it's so easy, just like in business. And obviously there are so many parallels to compare your business to other people's or to compare how you mother to other people. But seriously, there's just no one right way. And that's the biggest takeaway, which we all need to keep reminding each other. Okay. Yes, exactly. And yeah, the guilt thing, I really don't subscribe to it too much. I really don't because I think 
you know, you could twist and turn your life to be perfect around it and you're still going to find something to feel guilty about. So I kind of try and opt out of that as much as possible and remind myself that our our kids are going to be fine. You know, they're growing up in in a great time. They're safe. They're warm. And the perspective for me on this is sometimes I go to the beach with Willow and there's planes that go past, like helicopters and stuff, and she stands there and she waves at them. And I think there are kids in the world that see that and that means death to them Mm. it makes me really emotional to think about that and so just little things like that I think they're so lucky (laughs) like they're gonna be fine yeah yeah okay one of the other things that I loved about watching this whole process especially before Willow was born were the things that you were doing like you said it was matter of fact and I loved that you were you wrote this epic post on how you were baby proofing your business so can you give me the audio like Cliff's Notes version of the things that you put in place that you're glad that you did even though because it's like basically last year when Deacon was coming, because I started my business when Bryson was 18 months old. So he was already here with Deacon. I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, do like Denise and batch, you know, a booty load of content and then blah, blah, blah. And that didn't happen. And again, I had to just be like, all right, I'm down. Like, we're fine. You know, we're still going to move forward. This baby is still coming out, even if I don't have (laughs) content batched and whatever. So, but like, what were the things that worked for you to heading up that? article actually to remind myself yeah <laughs> I was probably less so naive about it you know like, but okay, even so then so- you were admitting you were like I realized that y'all are gonna be like oh well and I think that's the thing too a lot of people especially with new moms like veteran moms want to be like oh you just wait you just wait and it's like dude give her a chance to experience it however like maybe she's fine and she's gonna come out and be like yeah I did do this and I'm glad I did and then you'll be like oh man Right. I could have done that too. Dang it. You know, well, this, this makes me laugh because the first point I said was to simplify. Right. And I said, at the start of the year, I had many potential projects in the boil, a few new books, a potential short film, a movie <laughs> script idea. I completely forgotten about all this. Several <laughs> retreats I wanted to run. And lastly, a high level mastermind for women. I had names and URLs planned out for each project. So I've completely blocked this out. But now I do remember I actually met with the local film society here in Newcastle because I wanted to make a zombie movie. Oh my a short gosh. zombie movie. And it sounds really funny, but I, I was like, oh, cool. And I had, yeah, luckyapocabitch.com. <laughs> yes. Lucky Bitch MBA. I've made I've, all these different URLs. I think that was when I was still writing Get Hitched Lucky Bitch. That's your soulmate. So all these like side projects, right? And I, I think so for that, I was like, I've got to be brutal with all, all this stuff. Like I can't do everything. Yep. And it's going to pull my focus. It's going to make my audience really unclear about what they can come to me for. So I think that was the big, the big one. And I, it was difficult because I do have an ego around that. It's like, oh, well, I can do that. I can do all these different things. I can put my finger in a million pies. Don't make me give them up. And now, like on the other side of it, I'm like, what was I thinking to, that I was going to make a zombie movie? What was, what was that about? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, kind of. But I mean, yeah, it might've been funny, but it's, it's weird. Right. But then I see other people do it. They're trying to do everything. They're trying to be everything to everyone. They're trying to do a million things. No doubt. And it's yeah. And it's okay. Like, yeah, you can like get over yourself. That it was like, it's not an ego thing. It's like, you totally can, but do you have to prove it this year when you're having a baby? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Managing expectations, not in a way that feels bad, but it's like liberating to let it go. I mean, we all have our zombie movies, you know, where it's so easy to be like, oh yeah, that feels fun. That feels exciting. Oh, it's creative and whatever, but there is a right time for it. 
And when you feel like you're forcing it and sacrificing your sanity, it's good to do a sanity check. So simple. Oh, absolutely. But the other thing was, it's not just simplify for simplification's sake. It was simplify for income producing activities. Because mm. I see people who go into maternity leave and they get so stressed about money because their only income is through doing one-to-one work. And I can I'm even just reading this now, I was like, oh, okay, I made a really conscious choice to cut back on coaching. I only took on a couple of VIP clients to finish out that coaching year. And then that was it, which meant that I had to put a lot of focus into my money bootcamp to become a standalone home study evergreen course. So then money would come in on maternity leave. And then there's less pressure I guess to get back to work because you're like, oh, I'm not going to starve. Yep. You know, my kids are not going to starve. Uh, I've still got some money coming in, but I don't feel the pressure to go back and be obligated to people. Yep. Okay. So simplifying for income producing activities, what else did you do for your baby proofing mission? Got really brutal about saying no. So more boundaries, things like, for example, doing interviews, you know, I I was just doing interviews with anyone who would ask me and that's totally fine. I think at the side of your business, it's really good practice. But I remember just like people would go, oh, like I'm brand new in business. Can I interview you? And they would interview me and they'd be like, oh, I don't know how to record stuff. And then the interview would never see the light of day ever Mm. because then they'd be like, oh, I changed my business focus because that's what we all do at the start of our business, right? It's totally fine. But instead I had to just say to people, hey, look, you know, get a couple of interviews under your belt and come back to me. I'd be thrilled to be interviewed by you. And it was little things like that that I felt like such a bitch around. I was like, oh, people are going to think I'm such a bitch. But I was like, I just have to get more brutal with my time, you know? So it's like, just say no, 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 no. And I started saying no about things like being on telesummits, even getting Amber, my assistant, to do more email for me at that time. Now I've completely outsourced email to her. But at the time I was like, oh, God, I'm I'm not going to be able to, you know, just randomly answer questions for people anymore over email (laughs) or like, hey, you know, I can't just let people private message me from my groups and expect, you know, private responses. So it was just more about saying no and having boundaries. I feel totally fine about that now, but at the start, I was like, people are going to think I'm so horrible by putting these into place. Well, and I'm sure you've found this by doing it, then sometimes people will come back and thank you, like by holding up a boundary to be like, actually, no, you know, this is the way. And some people love being in their inbox and being super accessible and whatever, but the reality is obviously we have so much time and energy to be able to give. So you do have to put, you know, some intention behind it. But I know that by modeling those boundaries, especially because that's one of the things, right, in your community that you want to help people start to put into place, that people, even if at first they might be like, ah, as my friend Michelle said, you're not, I mean, you may be triggering them, but you're triggering their growth because then they can start to reflect and be like, oh, right, where am I just like totally leaky and just have no boundaries in place whatsoever? And I'm also curious How did you manage, because you're in your group a lot, and right now at the time we're recording this, you're kicking off a live run of your money boot camp. How do you manage your boundaries around the evergreen? You know, when it's in evergreen mode, because obviously that's something, you know, by being on a Facebook group, if we're just kind of like messing around on our phones, especially if you're like not even getting to the laptop, that's an easy thing to do. But like, how do you set that expectation in your group? Yeah, I think it started a couple of years ago, again, probably just before Willow was born, 
where the group was starting to stress me out a little bit because there were very few rules in there because I was very reluctant to set them, right? Very reluctant to be the leader there because I was like, oh, this is a democracy. Like people can, you know, use this space how they want to. And then I really woke up to the fact that, hang on, I'm the constant here. Like I'm the one who has to show up and be here for all the new people that come in. So that's when we put some boundaries in place around promos. And at first I did oh, let's do promos once a week. And then I went, you know what? This is, yeah, this is my group. Like I can have it the way I want it to be. So I completely banned promos. And I also started pushing back because people would, you know, tag me in questions and stuff. And I started pushing back and going, hey, great. That's in week three. Go watch that. Mm -hmm. Instead of completely answering everyone's questions or even saying, well, what do you think about that? Like, what do you think that means? And I think just those little shifts made me feel less responsible for everyone's results. You know, I was like, I've created the container for you. I've created the information for you. And it felt more empowering as well because I'd be like, go and look for the answers yourself and you don't need me to answer every single question. That was an energetic shift for me more than anything else, more than the rules because it was an energetic shift of like, oh, wow, this space needs a leader. And it doesn't mean I have to be, you know, a mean leader. It just means that someone has to be responsible for what this group is about. So then because I created it how I wanted it, it's actually a place I really like being in. So it never feels like a burden. And I'm in there, it's been there for five years. I think I've missed like maybe a day when I was in labor mm. and maybe like a couple of days where I'm on a plane for 24 hours. But I've missed very few days over those couple of years. And it's just because having those energetic boundaries have made it a place that's enjoyable for me to go into. But every time we go through a new phase of growth, I have to go and work with my like energy people about it to say, you know, like, oh my God, I'm scared of growing it because of my biggest fear is of being obligated to people, you know? And it's like, okay, I need to work on my fears again that having more people in is going to be more work. And I'm just constantly, constantly working on that in myself. And we're, you know, we're at like 3,000 people and I think, oh my God, can I grow as big as B-School? Like, what's that going to mean? And I'll know I'll have to do more and more work on it as I go. And, you know, we delete people's posts if they you know don't if they promo in there and we let them know and we try not to be triggered by that we're like no you can't you can't put that in there and it's very yeah it's energetically interesting I think running a group like that it's such a cool group though for exactly that reason like I love just going in even if I'm not posting but just going in to just read you know because it's such a unique space on Facebook, sure, but like in the world, I think so many people share stuff in there that they wouldn't share anywhere else because you know that everyone in there is working on the same stuff, you know, for all different yeah. contexts and reasons and stuff, but it's such a cool group. So P.S., thank you for creating that space and for stepping up as the leader of it. Because <laughs> I know that I'm not the only one who feels that way and that people go in there to share stuff that I seem to have posted a lot about underwear. <laughs> because, yeah. Oh my God. Did you see the underwear train at the moment? Which everyone, I said, everyone posts pictures of your grossest underwear. And it's like these sad, wrinkly, gray oh. undies. And I just thought, this is great. I really enjoy seeing this stuff and hearing, hearing the stories. And I think it's because I'm so fascinated about people's money stories. I yeah. love that people post in there. Like one lady just posted in there that she'd won the lottery and how that had changed the way her family and friends saw her. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. We can find out these stories. Mm. And so I just, I've just created a group that I personally really like to be in. And I don't use it as a sounding board for myself. I very rarely post in there. Like 
oh, this is what I'm going through right now. Like I'll, because I'm very mindful that someone has to hold the space and someone has to keep it together. You know, I'll save mm-hmm. the stuff that's happening right in my moment with my mastermind group, but I'll come and share it later on when I've got some perspective on it. And I think that's important too, as a leader, someone just needs to like hold it together. <laughs> yeah. All right. Another thing I love to talk about in these conversations is how people involve their kiddos in their businesses. So obviously, we're just pretty young, but Willow's starting to be old enough to understand. And I love hearing your perspective on, so this doesn't even necessarily have to be specifically how do you involve them in your business or explain your business, but I am just curious to hear some of your tips on kids and money, right? Because yes. for me, I'm like, okay, well, I want to teach him hashtag abundance, you know, and that it's not about, oh, we don't have the money for that. It's about, okay, well, what do you want to do to earn that? And then yes, it can be easy and blah, blah, blah. But then at the same time, you do want him to have some kind of work ethic. So like, what are you teaching your kiddos about money or will you? Oh, definitely. So at the moment, we're not really doing so much like pocket money, you know, how to earn it so much, but we're really mindful about how we speak about money and having kids changed it for me as well in even realizing some of the stuff that I heard about money as a kid that I didn't realize even when I was doing the money work you know it just I think it just brings up a new perspective because I remember we let her play with money all the time you know like coins and stuff and almost without thinking some stuff comes out of my mouth like oh don't put money in your mouth it's dirty or Mm -hmm. don't put money on the ground someone will steal it and I was like wow that's just stuff that's so ingrained I didn't even realize you know until I had kids so what we do now is we talk positively about money but also because she loves stories we tell her stories about money so there's a story called George and the Dirty Penny that we tell her that we'll turn into a book yes I'm so excited for that yeah um And that's about how, you know, a little kid finds money in the street and his friend tells him it's dirty and the money, come, the coin comes to life and tells him all the amazing adventures that the coin's been on. And, you know, all that. you have to do is clean it and it'll be as good as new because that whole money is dirty thing is so weird in a way because there's so many things that are really physically dirtier than money that we let our kids play with, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like the bottom of our handbags are probably dirtier than money. And also yeah. it's the, like, it's pretty it's a non-porous material, right? Like coins can be cleaned way easier than like toys, for example, that we let our kids like chew on. But it's things like that. And because we've said it so many times, like money's not dirty. We were out at a restaurant and the waitress um, saw Willow playing with money. She goes, oh, honey, don't play with that. Money's dirty. And you could see Willow's face. She went, no, it's not. She was like, no, it's not. And we let her buy things at the farmer's market and stuff like that. But I think it's just, it's at the moment, it's just about how we're talking about money. And she loves this story about, tell me the story about how Minnie Mouse goes and buys shoes. So I used to just say, okay, Minnie Mouse went and bought some pink sparkly shoes. Now I say, Minnie Mouse did some work in her office and went with her clients and made some money. So she decided to go buy some shoes with her own money. And it's just bringing those little things in to kind of brain positive brainwash I suppose that it's okay and money's this fun thing and you can earn it and you can spend it and it's kind of cool and yesterday Mark must have been talking to her about money because she goes one million dollars okay I said what's that all about she goes one million dollars to buy a new house and so she's been listening to us because we've been talking about buying a house Mm. and you know what we need to buy money that we need to buy the house and so 
they are listening all the time to yeah. how we speak about money. But that also means too, when I hear people go, oh, I wish I was rich so I could give my kids everything. You know what? We're not about that at all. Like we went to a fair the other day and she goes, I want to jump on the bouncy castle and I want this and I want this. And I said, I don't have any coins on me today. And it was just, that was the end of it. It's not like, oh, we can't afford it. We don't have any money. Stop asking. I was like, no, we just don't have any coins on us today. So you can't do it. Mm. And sometimes it's good to do that as well. Or we will go to the farmer's market and there'll be like these little ponies you can go on for $6 or a bouncy castle. And we say to her, well, which one do you want to go on? Like we can afford to put her on both, but I don't yeah. want her to, you know, be like a rich spoiled kid who gets everything either. And then some days, every like third time we go, we go, we don't have any coins on us. Like we want to go spend that on something else instead. So yeah, I don't know all the answers. You know, I'm still such a newbie mum around it, but I think that's the best thing we can do is to be the role models and not stress too much about what we're telling them to do, but like how we're showing up in our own lives. Yeah. It's so funny because that is, and that's why I'm all about George and the dirty penny because I've caught myself saying that I'll never forget. And I'm pretty sure I posted about it in the group. So if you're listening and you're in lucky bee, you can search for this picture. It was the cutest thing. We were in Texas at my parents' house and my dad had this whole thing of quarters and he decided him and Bryson were going to count and look to see if they had one from all 50 States. And so my dad like washed all the quarters and then they laid out this towel and they were literally just like sorting them out and playing with money. My dad actually, actually has had a huge impact on how Bryson sees money and playing with it and, you know, again, cleaning it and all that. And I find myself the same thing with the dirty because I'm like, wait, you need to wash your hands because it's dirty. Not that it's bad. Money can be used for lots of great things, <laughs> but <laughs> let's wash your hands, you know? So yeah, yeah. I'm, and that's, I'm just observe how we talk about it. Cause like you said, you don't even realize that just flies out of your mouth and you're like, oh, right. Let me go ahead and pre-purchase your membership to the boot camp. <laughs> The other story that we're telling Willow about is called Willow and the Lucky Bee. And that one's about making wishes and it'll be about manifesting. And that one's not quite sorted yet because every time I say to her, like, make a wish, you know, like we've met this magic wishing bee and she always goes, cookies and cupcakes. (laughs) And actually in the George book, when we talk about money can be used for all sorts of useful things, she goes, cookies and cupcakes. I'm like, Yes, but other things as well. And, you know, we say sometimes money can be used to say thank you to people. Like, you know, when you put money in a musician's box or you buy flowers for people. And we're at the markets the other day and I gave her money to put in a musician, like a busker's box. And when he stopped, she yelled out, thank you for the music. It's just so cute because it's like, well, yeah, they want to, it's good to associate money with not just you know, buying stuff, but about appreciation and saving and helping people. She loves giving money to, I don't know if you guys have got these in the States, but you know, like the guide dog association, Yeah, they have these full life size guide dog money boxes in Australia Mm -hmm. and they're super old, right? They're like 30 years old and they're so disgusting and dirty. And she was like, can I have some money to put in the doggy? And she puts it in and then she kisses these disgusting nose that <laughs> pissed in the world. But then I say, oh, well, what's that doggy going to use that money for? He's going to use it to help other children. And just, to, I think just talk about, like, that's the only thing you can do. Just keep on talking about it in a positive mm. way. And they'll still have money blocks. They'll still find things to be scared of around money. But you know, that's when I hear mums go, well, it's not my time now. It's my kid's time. It's like, well, they're watching you. Mm, yep. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, they do have, actually, when we were home in Texas this summer at the museum, they had one of those big funnel things, you know, where like the, you put the coin in and then you just watch it go down and down and down and down. And so, yeah, I'm like, oh, that's really smart. And we took our coins to a Coinstar machine the other day just to, it was like 30 something dollars in coins. And so we, you know, we sent it to, I think we did Feeding America, but I was like, look, buddy, so we're putting our money in here and then we can donate it to people who need it, you know, to people who don't have enough money for food and whatever. And he thought that was really cool. And it just like, you know, it stuck with him because the other like days later we were FaceTiming with my sister and he saw a coin and that's what he thought of. So I'm like, right. Just by, you know, creating this little history and opportunities for a variety of experiences and it'll all work out. Ultimately, you know, people then tend to get all like, ah, I'm, it's so much responsibility. But yeah, I mean, it's a human and ultimately they will grow up and learn to sort through their own stuff too. But the more we can sort through yeah. our stuff, the better off we'll be. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll have their own money personalities. And I heard from some mom who's got twin boys and she said, they're so different around money. One is a saver and one is a spender and you can't change that. You know, you can just help them develop healthy boundaries around that so they don't go to extremes, but they're going to have their own personality around it. Right. Okay. Keeping on the family trend. So your husband, Mark, recently, I guess, I mean, was this launch, this was like the first time he's really been in the business working with you. And I'm just curious about this transition because this is a Naptime Empires-y kind of conversation. Like it's a movement and this is happening where more of us are starting our businesses and getting them to a point where it's like, all right, now we can free him up to either do what he wants or a lot of people will then end up working with their husbands. So I'm curious about the transition and how it's been and how it's going and any lessons learned. Wow. It was such a long (laughs) transition. So when we first got together, I mean like 2002, right? 2003, maybe we were always talking about, oh, together we can create this life of freedom, adventure, abundance. You know, we did MLM together very early on because they sell freedom, right? And they talk about freedom and financial freedom. So we had this goal, but then Mark very much went into a traditional kind of space. He went into corporate jobs, you know, worked really long hours, earned great money, which was great. But he did that very male thing of like, here's a ladder and I'm going to climb it. And it was so dissatisfying to me to see that because I was always just like, no, but like, that's our goal to have freedom where we can go traveling and, and have fun stuff. But he kind of just got addicted to it. But also I think for men, they can't see any other different way because they don't know anyone who's done anything different. And it took me a while to realize I was like, Oh, but I've been like five years in B school communities where women are talking about working for themselves. It was, it became such a normal conversation for me. And I slowly had way more entrepreneurial friends than friends in corporate but he was still in that space where he didn't know anybody who did anything different. And so he had so much fear around it. So for the last couple of years, as soon as I started my business, he goes, Oh, okay, cool. As soon as you're earning six figures, then I'll quit my job. Oh, as soon as you're earning multiple six figures. Okay. As soon as you're earning half a million, I'll quit my job. And it got to a point where he was like, as soon as you're earning a million dollars, then I'll quit my job. And I just kept on hitting the hurdles that you had given me. And so it got, to, honestly, we got to a million dollars in revenue. And I was like, so you're going to quit your job, right? And he was just like, no, maybe if we have like X amount in the bank. And I went, what the F? I was mm-hmm. like, no, this will be never ending. Yeah. And I'm done. Like I went to 
had to go to Bali by myself for a retreat that my mom came to. And the whole time I was like, oh, I wish Mark was here. So the second time I ran a retreat, Mark came with me and he had to work the whole time because something happened at the office Mm. and we had to leave. I finished the retreat at five o'clock. We were on the 10 p.m. plane. I didn't have time for a massage or anything Mm -hmm. and because he had to start work the next day. And I was like, who is this guy? Like your, your boss, he, how does he dictate how we spend our time? I was starting to get really resentful because I was like, oh my God, I've created all this success in my life and I can't spend time with my husband working. I was like, that sucks. So we had a come to Jesus moment and I was like, this is it. This is a, it was a ultimatum. I'm like, dude, I am creating a life of freedom, adventure, abundance with or without you. Like, are you going to come or are you not going to come? Because I have been sold a false bill of goods, you know, like this is the dream that we've always had together. And if this is not your dream anymore, you have to suck it up and admit that and admit that you're choosing work over your family. Mm. Like stop making it about money because it's not about money anymore. Stop making it about, you know, there's no choice. It's like you're making a conscious choice here to go to work and not spend time with us. And it was really shocking for him. He was very, very upset that I would even you know, have that conversation with him. But I was, I was resolute. I was like, that's the vision I'm holding for my family. And I know I was honestly willing to get divorced over it. I know that sounds really, I wouldn't, you know, say that a lot of places, but I was willing to get divorced over it because I was like, well, God, if you're not going to do this, maybe I'll find another husband who will be willing to travel with me. (laughs) Right. Because that's who you married was the husband who was, that was the vision. Right. And then it's like, yeah. Yeah, you've changed your mind. And if you have, that's cool. But admit, be man enough to admit it. So he was like, you know what, give me a couple of months. I need to think this through because his biggest fear was what am I going to tell people that I'm doing? And he was like, oh, are we going to get rid of the nanny? Are we going to get rid of the house cleaner? Like, am I going to be a house husband? I'm like, dude, no, you can do whatever you want. Like, this is a great opportunity for you to do stuff that you like. And luckily we had that conversation because on the next day, like literally the Monday, his boss said to him, okay, there's big changes. We want to know that you're on board for the next five years. And Mark was like, actually, Mm. I'm not. And like, he's a man of his word. If he had said to his boss, if we hadn't had that conversation, he would have been locked in for the next couple of years. So he did a good transition out. Like he was there about three, four months. And that gave him enough time to realize that nothing bad was going to happen. Like he was talking to his clients, oh, like I'm taking some time off to family and to do some freelance work. Without question, everyone said, I wish I could do the same thing. I wish I could spend more time with my family. I'm so jealous. Mm. That made him feel much better about it. But to be honest, he only started working my business probably about a month ago. So this was last year that he quit like last November and between now and then he's been doing freelance marketing stuff and it's been going fine. Like he's been, you know, getting some clients and all that kind of stuff. But a couple of months ago, his business coach and our accountant both said to him separately, guys, both said to him, Hey, like Denise's business is doing really, really great. Like, have you ever considered working in her business? And because it came from other guys, he was like, Oh yeah, (laughs) maybe. Right. And then it all just kind of snowballed from there. He was like, okay, we've got this big launch coming. Okay, I'm going to get involved. Okay, I'm going to watch product launch formula. All right, we have to do it like this. And but So that's a long process, right? It's not like he jumped in so happy to do it. He had to go through a lot of mindset shifts to get to this place, to be okay and to not feel judged and not feel like he's, you know, being a loser or whatever that men think. 
And the success of the launch that we just did is, you know, it's totally his success as well. I couldn't have been like, can I work in my business? Hey, why don't you write some copy for me? It Mm. wouldn't have worked. It had to come from other people. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I'm selfishly, you know, I've snapped on my own lens of like, I don't know. And actually we've talked about this in one of our common Facebook groups where I'm like, he's really, really good at focusing and getting stuff done and currently responsible for like a hundreds of things, like preparing a freaking nuclear submarine for deployment, you know, like he's responsible for coordinating all of this. And so he's like a super talented project manager and getting stuff done, which is my biggest weakness. I'm like, Oh wait, but how would that work if Jeremy was trying to keep me on task? But either way, whether he works in my business one day or not, it is like just a transition and it is going to be such a shift. And like you said, his word is his bond. I mean, legit Jeremy took an oath to the United States of America. So we're finishing that out. You know, we're writing out this transition and it's going to be interesting to see. It's triggering. I have to admit because it's becomes like, okay, here's when you have to do this. And I'd be like, no, my resistance was coming up. No, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So all my previous launches, I have kind of really shifted the dates around a little bit. I'm like, ah, oh, no, I don't feel like launching now. I know. And I'd say to my team, I know I said I was going to launch tomorrow, but I've changed my mind. Right. Like next week and said, and we had to be like, and I'm sure your hubby would be more military <laughs> precision. It did trigger me a bit, you know, but by the end I really leaned into it and I was like, oh, okay. I just, cause he would, te- he was away the whole Rest, last bit of the launch and he would text me from England and say today you have to send out this email and I've started the copy for you and it's here oh. and you know it has to go out by this time and so I felt like I didn't have to hold everything yeah I just I just was a soldier <laughs> you know and he'd like go and do a Facebook live today and here's what you should talk about on it and I was like yes sir and I would just go and do it and it it was really great. I think you'll like it once you get over the, there's a bit of mansplaining stuff. Like today he said something and I was like, yeah, dude, we already do that. I was like, yeah, yeah. Did you think of that all by yourself? I, I had to get a, a bit of my sarcasm thing. I was like, oh, did you just think of that? Did you really just think of that? Oh yeah. We've been doing that for months. Thanks. Thanks for your input. The best was whenever, cause you had just mentioned that he was playing a role in this launch and the best was whenever you're doing Facebook live and toward the end, someone named Natasha was talking about her goal for that week or something. And you didn't see the comment yet. And he was like, tell Natasha good luck with your goal. And you're like, wait, I don't see it. I don't see it. And he's like, well, did it. And you're like, no, I still don't see it. Just tell Natasha good luck with their goal. And you could hear him just saying it like off the, the video. <laughs> he watched every single Facebook live and he would text me critiques. <laughs> and there was one time, cause I was sick at the start, as you know, cause we we're both a bit sick. I just said, Oh, Hey Mark, can you bring me a lozenge? Like I just said that into the Facebook live and within like 10 seconds, my office door opened and then this hand came out and gave me a lozenge. And I was like, that's so cool. But getting the critiques was hard because I was like, dude, I've been doing this for a while. Like he was writing copy for me at the start and he was like, hello, it's Denise Duffield Thomas here. I'd like to tell you about our launch that's starting tomorrow. And by the end, he was like, hey, girlfriend, Mercury Retro's over. And like, I rewrote a lot of it, but I just thought it was funny. He started to really like, like, hey, gorgeous. And then he was quoting Beyonce. Britney Spears lyrics in one of the emails. And I was like, no, that's too much. That's too much, too, too far. Too early. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> it was oh cute. I think you'll really like it. And it's, it just brings up such a sense of satisfaction as a family to know, you know, like we're buying this big house this month and, you know, we both created that 
together and it, it feels really good. Yeah. I love that. One vision. And that's the thing too, with the military, because so many people will easily, you know, value the service members and forget that like they couldn't do what they're doing without the support of the family on the home front, you know, moms and dads and all of that. And it's likewise with entrepreneurs too, because well, again, literally Jeremy's been gone for a lot of my business, but ultimately still what he does has enabled me to get to this point, but I'm so excited to see what's possible when we are both aligned behind, again, whether he's actually doing something in my business or not, his presence and being home and being able to, you know, share and truly be partners in our life and in our family life is going to, I just feel like it's going to make such a world of a difference. So I'm very thankful for that. And again, it's something that we've consciously created, right? And it's easy to be like, oh, we're lucky. But again, that's like the whole key of lucky be. It's like (laughs) what you're consciously creating and the decisions that you make and the work you're willing to do to like rewrite the stories you've been telling yourself this whole time. Exactly. And it will be so inspiring for your kids to see that as well. And even just the freedom of going, Oh, we can go on holidays if we want to. And it's really cool. Like when Mark was first off, he was just went down to the beach on a Wednesday afternoon. He goes, Oh, the beach is so empty. Okay. Right. Wednesdays. I was like, yeah, you can do that now, dude. You don't yeah. have to do it on the weekend when everyone else is doing it. I think it's a good opportunity too for us to step into our zone of genius because I realize like I'm really good at doing the Facebook lives and the interviews because I can't outsource those things. But why should I? I don't need to do any of the other stuff really mm-hmm. because that's, you know, that's I'm the face of the business. And it was a little bit tricky this launch because I was still trying to you know, he's like, oh, what's the password for the like, lead pages and how do I do this? And I'd be like, dude, I just did 15 freaking interviews this week. You know, my job is done, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. oh, God, now I'm going to have to like show you how to send an email in Infusionsoft. And he'd just get really fussy on stuff. He'd go, oh, can you change the spacing on the sales page? Like it's this bit's a little bit too close together. And I'm like, dude, I'm done. <laughs> I'm <laughs> <just> done. <laughs> I've done 12 hours of interviews today. I am done. But for the next one, I'll be like, okay, well, my job is to show up and be the face. Your job is to do X. And that's going to be really cool for us to lean into. I think we're just doing business in a more feminine way. Yeah. So it's not going to show up on the outside that, you know, suddenly we're doing, you know, being really regimented. It's all going to be seamless and invisible, hopefully. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited, again, that you're, y'all are a few steps ahead of us. I'm just excited to watch and see how it goes, but it does totally sound like he's providing that masculine container that frees you up to be able to create and connect and stay in your zone. And that's like literally living the dream. So I could talk to you forever, but as we wrap up, are there any like key things? If you know that you're talking to somebody who is out there building a nap time empire, anything that we haven't covered that you're like, this is one nugget that I would love to leave with you. Yeah, it's the, there's time, Mm -hmm. there's time. And, you know, Louise Hay just turned 90 and I saw her, she doesn't tour as much anymore, obviously, but I only saw her like maybe four or five years ago. And I just thought, wow, I really hope that at at her age, I am still showing up and sharing and creating and doing all these amazing things. So why am I thinking I should do it all this year? Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm 37. I'm like, God, that's another 40 odd years that I could be doing this stuff. Like it's okay to space things out a little bit. And actually when I've done that paradoxically, when I've allowed myself to have space, I've actually gotten a lot more done in the things that are important to me right now. 
when I've kind of let the side things go. <laughs> so that's the, that's my mantra to myself. I just go, there's time. There's time. I love it. I love to hear that, especially because I have chosen space as my word of the year for 2017. And I have a feeling it'll be exactly that. Like by giving myself the space, then I will feel more inspired as opposed to like when you just try to, you know, be a drill sergeant to yourself that never turns out well. No, because kids don't, kids don't like that stuff. When you said at the top of the call too about poop, I was like, I'm like knee deep in poop right now because I've got a baby and I've got a potty training toddler. I'm just like, that's it's real a potty. Life, right? <laughs> it's a potty, but you know, like you go and do your stuff and I'm okay, you know, having those two roles where it's like I've just changed, you know, 50 nappies or that we call them in Australia, not diapers. Yeah. And then I get on and do a Facebook Live and help people. And you can do both of those things. It's, you know, it doesn't make you less than other entrepreneurs, the fact that you have that real life stuff. It just, it's just part of being human and being, being a mom and that's okay. Yeah, literally. I remember when Deacon was born because they're like just over four years apart. And I'm like, wow, we're going to be, and I don't know if one day we will have a third, but I'm like, we're going to be wiping someone else's booty every day for at least another five, <laughs> five Holy crap. So it's because we are totally hitting the reset. And I'm thankful there are obviously lots of great pluses to this four-year difference. And it's actually been really sweet. But that was one of the things when Deacon was born, I was like, do I even remember how to change a diaper? Like, what is the deal? But yeah, Come just like run the quick. There's only so much you need to do. <laughs> and it's obvious when it's time to do it. So... All right. Well, <laughs> thank funny. you so much for sharing all of the above slash behind, whatever the word would be. And where can we find you online? I mean, yeah, you know, I, well, but... I'm at com, which is really easy to remember. And I have written a lot of articles about kids and that kind of stuff. So you can always search at the top of my website, put in babies or kids. And I've written a ton of articles about it. And Nikki, I don't know if you want to put a link to one. I do have a freebie about kids and money. Like how to talk yes, money, I will do all the links. Yes, because I will. And we have another conversation that was on video that we did last year. And so I will link to that as well and to your books and just all the links. Because seriously, you are a content machine and there's a whole bunch of goodness out there for folks who are looking to learn more. Yeah, which helps as well, right? Because when people come to you, you can go, great. I've got 50 articles on that. Go and read that. Like I'm breastfeeding over here. Right. <laughs> you don't have to help everyone one-to-one. So yeah, the content stuff is, is really key. Exactly. Well, thanks dude. It's been a pleasure always. I appreciate you and love knowing that you're over there on the other side of the Pacific. <laughs> and I look forward to meeting you on another magical Island in the near enough future. Yay. Thanks Yay. lovely. All right. Bye. This show may be over, but the conversation is just beginning. Head on over to naptimeempires.com slash Facebook so you can join my free... Wait, did I say free? I meant priceless, rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire builders for deeper discussions, behind the scenes scoop, and of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. naptimeempires.com slash Facebook. See you there. See you next time. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 